pretend that she's real? I'm just not going to do it. She is real. Well. She's right out there. Right, right. I, I get that, but I'm just not going to, you know. You won't be able to change his mind anyway. Bianca's in town for a reason. But. but it's not really a choice. Okay, okay. We'll do it. Whatever it takes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone's going to laugh at him. And you. Lars and the Real Girl, Mac and Cheese, next. When your weekend's all spin up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. Where's your girlfriend? I don't have one. Are you gay? No. Give this to somebody nice. Mr. Sunshine. That new girl's kind of cute, huh? Something's going on with him. I'm worried. Maybe he wants to be left alone. That's not what he wants. Hey, I have a visitor. Where did you meet this person? I met her on the internet. Yeah, well, everybody's doing that now. You know, Bianca's um, a missionary. He's crazy, right? He's crazy. If I may, he appears to have a delusion. What the hell is he doing with a delusion? She loves kids. Fantastic. When will it be over? When he doesn't need it anymore. We gotta fix him. Can you fix him? Bianca's in town for a reason. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. How can we help? Go along with it. This must be Bianca. Well, welcome. It can be uh, communication. It can be a way to work something out. Chances are he's been decompensating for some time. We don't want anything to do with her. What's the big deal? She's a missionary. That's good, isn't it? Hey, what are you doing on Friday? I was just thinking that maybe we could all go out. Does she have a sister? Wish I had a woman that couldn't talk. <laughs> I do care. Lars, we do care. No, we don't. That is just not true. Every person in this town bends over backwards to make Bianca feel at home. We do it for you. How'd you know? How'd I know what? That you were a man. You grow up when you decide to do right. And not what's right for you, what's right for everybody, even when it hurts. You're not gonna go to work today, Gus? I don't feel good. Well, Bianca could help you, you know. She has nurses training. Hello, welcome to Back and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. <laughs> and movie reference. <laughs> Shannon Coppage. It's supposed to say, I met her on the internet. Oh, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. And I met her on the internet, Shannon Coppage. <laughs> Hello. Oh, man. And she's hoping winner's over, Amber Scott. Hello, hello. So today for Mac and Cheese, we have Lars and the Real Girl, extremely shy Lars, Ryan Gosling, finds it impossible to make friends or socialize. His brother, Paul Schneider, and sister-in-law, Emily Mortimer, Worry about him. So when he announces that she, that he has a girlfriend, he met on the internet. They are overjoyed. 
but Lars's new lady is a life-size plastic woman. On the advice of a doctor, Patricia Clarkson, his family and the rest of the community go along with his delusion. I love that Rotten Tomatoes, you know, as far as the movie description. They just, they got it. They hit it on the head. So what do we make for today's movie? So, um, I know they do, like, eat food in this movie, but all of it looked really boring. I didn't want salmon and broccoli today, so we made up something else and almost off script. script, uh, But, you know, it's almost real buffalo air fryer cauliflower wings. So I feel like we tied it right in there. Absolutely. They're not real buffalo wings but they were really they there were, though they were so close they were really there you know <laughs> <laughs> they were really tasty i really enjoyed them and they weren't too terribly difficult to make although they did take a lot longer than the 15 minutes prep that that stupid recipe said liars You're right. it's like on plant instructions where it says full sun it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it it doesn't mean it no. it was a lot longer than that um, but it was a lot like, it was a lot like fried chicken or chicken fried steak, you know, uh, mixed up some, some flour along with spices, which in this case was like garlic and salt, pepper, uh, paprika, you know, all your usual suspects were there. Um, and then kind of made a milk mixture with a little bit of cornstarch to thicken it up on the stove and just, uh, dipped it in the milk mixture first, then the, the flour did that twice because that's what the recipe said, but I got very tired of doing that later and just like just went the one time. And I think it turned out okay. I agree. I think the du- double dipping was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. The second batch was, was better. Actually. It was better, but I think that was because we cooked them longer. So this was a, an air fryer recipe, and I'm still, still getting the hang of this air fryer. Um, the first batch was not completely, they were crunchy and not because the outside was crispy. It was because the cauliflower wasn't quite done. I mean, fortunately we're not going to get sick from undercooked cauliflower, so <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so true. There's so many benefits to veggies. Indeed. Yes. They, um, they look like wings. You can try to pass them off as wings. Yeah. No, that the uh, the sauce that Amber made. The sauce was yum. What was it? What was in the sauce? It was just hot sauce. That's what it said on the bottle. <laughs> hot sauce <laughs> and butter and a little bit of white vinegar. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it was yum yum. It was so good. Yeah. So after they came out of the air fryer, just kind of tossed them around in that, and that gave it the color that makes mm-hmm. it look like they could be wings. Mm-hmm. As a longtime vegetarian who is feeding food to meat eaters the majority of the time, I never call it the thing that it's supposed to be like because the meat eaters will get mad. So <laughs> this isn't right. Right? They're like, this isn't like a burger. Why are you not? Like, okay, fine. So I just I don't call things a burger, even if it's a patty between buns. <laughs> what do you call it? What chickpea patty? Oh <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. That is really underselling it. Yeah. Well, you know, better to just like shoot low and then surprise yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. How good it is, rather than have them like prepared for beef taste, which will never happen. I would love to watch Scotty's face as he eats a chickpea patty. Your face is why I come over. For food. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks with something he's never had before. He looks so suspicious. No, I don't trust it. He's so suspicious, you know. And I'd be like, even, you're like, how is it? And he'll say, like, it's actually pretty good. But his face does not say that at all. It's fabulous. It's, yes. It's just his face is hilarious. And then we, we had some cheese fries. 
Oh, yeah. From Aldi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we put those in the air fryer. No, it's just halloumi cheese that not breaded or anything. You just Mm-mm. cook the shit out of it and it gets crispy on the outside. Yeah. And they got crispy. And then what's what was the sweet tart cheese? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sweet <laughs> so tart cheese. It's a, it's a goat cheese log rolled in blueberries, but tastes like a sweet tart. It, it does taste like a sweet tart. And that cranberry seasonal cheese that they have. Oh my gosh, I love that cheese. I'm down for a dessert cheese. I ate half of that. Like, the yeah. whole thing. I definitely did. And you know what? I don't know. Like, that might be what... I, I'll be going back in the kitchen, no probably rest. during this podcast. If, you, if I go quiet, you know where I am. Cheese. Cheese. Oh, yeah, I get so excited when you're coming over because I know there's cheese. There cheese, cheese, cheese. Yeah, so overall, pretty good. I'd make them again. I wouldn't make quite a... I cut up. You brought over two I don't, two things of cauliflower, and I'm like, yeah, I'll use that and this frozen cauliflower that I have. I didn't even use, like, one full cauliflower head, and it was plenty. Yeah. They're pretty substantial. Yeah. Of course, that could have been just all the cheese that I ate. <laughs> I, was, I was full before the things were even done. <laughs> All right. Well, first taste. First time you saw the movie, your relationship to it, why it's a mac and cheese movie. Um, Amber, this is your first time. So, yes. you know, this is your first taste. Approximately two hours ago, I started on this adventure. Don't, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Yes, absolutely. Would you say it is now a mac and cheese movie? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was good feels. Um, I was smiling a lot. Repeatedly, I would just like explode and say, I love this. <laughs> And then the next scene, I love this! But this is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very good feeling. Very good, like, cheese. Like, and and we, we, we were talking off camera about, um, I guess, like, April and the retrograde and the Mercuries yeah. and kind of, I was like, I know this movie's going to make everybody in this house feel better when we're done watching Absolutely. this movie. I feel reset and centered. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. you're ready to go through with the rest of April. Thank goodness, it was a rough start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we saw it. Did we see it on TV? You know I, I never remember I that. I had like um, on Netflix on DVD by mail. Oh. Uh, that's when I showed wow. it to Shannon. That was a while ago. I, was, I mean, we weren't married. I mean, like red envelopes. Like yeah. Ten years was, ago. Oh. Isn't that funny how that just feels like from another time already? Yes. <laughs> It wasn't really that long ago, but it feels like decades. It was a decade. So, no. Yeah, so I saw it Saw it with you on Netflix, I guess. Netflix DVD. <laughs> um, wow. And I just love, 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 love this movie. And it is a huge comfort movie for me. Um, it's just so incredibly sweet and mm-hmm. earnest. Yes. Everything just hits me in the feels. Mm-hmm. Everything. I always cry at the end when Bianca dies mm. because you see how much he's struggling with it, you know, like letting that kind of that security blanket go. Yeah. Um, how afraid he is of like someone real that can die may, might not or the relationship might not last forever. You know, he's got mm-hmm. all of that with his mother. There's a lot of undertones of like he's struggling with that. That's what kicks all of this off is his brother's wife is pregnant mm-hmm. and you know, his mom died when he was born. So all of that terror kind of wrapped up in there. 
And but that that moment when I'm just bawling on the couch, just tears rolling down my face. You see all his friends and family like rallying around him, how mm-hmm. much they love him. Ugh, it's just a comfort movie for me in every way. Mm-hmm. Scotty, do you remember the exact moment you saw this movie? I do. And tell us details. I do. Um, <laughs> I I had read something in Entertainment Weekly magazine um, about about this movie. So I knew it was like it was about a sex doll, but it's like not like about something else. And I saw the trailer for it. It was like right when I was got to have my wisdom teeth pulled. It was like my, my mouth was hurting. Um, like it, it, like on a Friday night, I had to call the dentist on emergency line. It was like that bad. And so I saw like the trailer for this movie that night, and I was like, "This movie looks great." I go see the movie. I go see the movie by myself. I think. And it's 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 it's, it's Sykes, and it's in one of those little bitty theaters that like the sound is not great, and they had a bad speaker, oh, no. so it's like it's kind of jacking up the film to a degree. Um, I loved it so much. I loved it so much, and then I like met my girlfriend afterward because she couldn't go to the movie, and she didn't get it. Yeah. She didn't understand it, and then like I take her to see the movie, and she still doesn't get it. Oh. And so it's just, it just yeah. So that's it's, why you're not together it's, anymore. That's it. So it's 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 like did she not get her around her head that this is what everything that's great about this movie she like just missed all of that because it was a sex doll. Um, I think this is the movie that made me like love Ryan Gosling. Like now I go I will go seek out Ryan Gosling movies as a result of this movie. Ride or die. Yeah, I'm ride or die now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm disappointed in this girlfriend. <laughs> we all are. We all are. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Speaking of ingredients, so we've got Ryan Gosling, Emily Mortimer, Paul Schneider, um, the writer Nancy Oliver. Like we were talking about that earlier. We we're looking up her IMDb list, and it's like this is the only movie she's ever done. She does a lot of TV. She does like Six Feet Under, and then what's the True Blood? The like vampire what? she writes on that, that or she wrote trash. on that is total weird. trash. We well, got to be able to write on different yeah. genres she's and yeah. you got to pay the bills, right? Exactly. So um, it's she said it was like a what if thing in an article with like the New York Times around when this movie came out or right before it was going to be released, uh, and she said that that's how she got the idea for the debut screenplay was that it was just like what if. And, like, what if we didn't treat our mentally ill people like animals? Mm. What if we brought kindness and compassion to mm-hmm. the table? You know? Because, yeah, at the beginning, he's like, uh, he, I'm going to have to put him in a hospital. I can't afford a hospital, you know? And, like, his, it's his wife that is just like, no, my uncle went and he never came back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I used to work at a couple of different mental health facilities. And so, you know, I turned to y'all during this and I was like, I love this approach, but I'm having a hard time suspending my disbelief because they would just throw drugs at it and they would be like, no way to believe in this person's delusions. Like, absolutely no. This is this is what is real. This is not what is real. Mm-hmm. And um, and then try to, like, make somebody conform 
and fit into their box. And so this was a lovely fairy tale for me to go out with the the what if, right? Exactly. Of and, supporting and loving someone through their through their stuff. And I lo- I love that it doesn't it goes all the way with that. The church is supportive mm-hmm. and welcoming. Even some people who are kind of freaked out at first, mm-hmm. they get they get pulled into doing this. That you know the girl sends the memo to everybody at the party. Oh um, I'm glad that there is. I'm it. Like I think um, another movie would have had like maybe maybe one character who like is a big anti this whole thing and tries to mess it up and it's like the bully character. Or real sleazy. Or or we yeah we so I'm so glad that it just goes all in on the warmth and the love. Absolutely. Even his sleazy coworker who's always like like he comes in and he goes I'm not in the mood for porn and he's like it's not porn he's like well it is porn. I feel like he got less sleazy. Even him, I mean, like, he's like, she's hot, you know, or whatever. Uh, and he's, like, talking about, like, is she flexible? Or, and he's like, yeah. So, I mean, that's still there, but it's not creepy and sleazy and cheapening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, all the characters were incredible. The doctor, mm-hmm. you know, her just saying, like, because the brother, I think, is what you were talking about earlier, Scotty. Like, he starts out kind of that character mm-hmm. where he's just like, what are you going to do to fix my brother? Right. You know, like, uh, and she's like, I, this isn't something to fix. Mm-hmm. And well, when is he going to be better? I don't know. I don't know that he will ever be, you mm-hmm. know, this yeah, may be. He also expressed fear about what other people were going to say, right? Mm-hmm. His adorable, sweet, amazing wife <laughs> was just like, doesn't matter. Or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just a dream. It's, this is where we're at. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And just so accepting, even when they're just sitting there in disbelief. I love at the beginning, because he's just brought her over, and they're so excited that he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, potentially. I would not be that excited about suddenly having a house guest I was not emotionally prepared for. Like, right. they already were demonstrating a level of patience and compassion that I do not have. For sure. Well, and <laughs> you don't know. if that's lay eyes on her. If that was something <laughs> that you were hoping for mm-hmm. and dreaming, you know, I mean, maybe you would. You'd just like, mm-hmm. be like, okay, we got it. Um, but even then... They've sat in, in the living room with them. They're just like, holy crap, what's happening? And they go in the kitchen. Hey, can you help me in the kitchen? They're talking about it. She's serving the salad. She serves four bowls. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. automatically, right off mm-hmm. the bat. She doesn't know how to be anything different than just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, like, he thinks she's real. This is what we're doing. You know? Mm-hmm. Kind of deal. And the doctor, oh, just oh, amazing. She's just like she latches onto that. Oh, she's got low blood pressure. Well, why don't why don't we bring her in? I love that he's like, mine's probably low too. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to make her feel better. It was so sweet. I I don't know if this is the moment to say this, but one of the things that had occurred to me that it was very smart, a screenwriting decision, just because of the the culture that we are in, for them to do this. Like she's religious, she needs to sleep in a different house because now you've just removed the whole. This is a sex doll thing. Because they are sleeping in separate places. They're never even really alone together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that just removes the people speculating that it's some sort of, like, sexual dysfunction mm-hmm. and weird kink thing or whatever. Um, so there was... The shame, I think, got resolved quicker because mm-hmm. the sex was removed from it. I hate that it has to be that way, but that is what it is. Well, and, and that's just within the family. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, when he's at work, when the brother is at work... Uh, 
and he's working at some shop and he's mm-hmm. got the guys that are all talking about it and everything. It's like, do you think he's having sex with it? It's like, of course, that's what they're mm-hmm. for. You know, so I mean, like mm-hmm. other people could be, spec- but they you see them together mm-hmm. and it's very much a very prim and proper kind of courtship. And it it's is. just like, yeah, so you accept it as mm-hmm. that. I figure the, I mean, and of course I have all this head cannon, right? We're like filling in the blanks on scenes that we didn't actually view in the movie. But, you know, before the meeting with the members of the church and talking about all of that, they probably did disclose to the church the sleeping arrangements mm-hmm. of this plastic girlfriend. And then their church is a large popu- you know, portion of the population of this community. So I mean, the church members on board, knowing that it's on the prim and proper courtship, like you say, mm-hmm. probably... Helped. True, but I mean, even in that little circle, that little powwow, I mean, that woman just calls everybody out on their shit. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, you did this, your cousin was doing this, you know, Her like... wife was buried with my earrings. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like, she just called... We've all got our stuff. We've all mm-hmm. got our thing. And you know what? We accept those things. Why is this any different? Yeah, in the In the sermon at the first of the movie, it says, like, our, like the... Matt, the the true law is for us to love one another, mm. and that's something that I didn't notice until like this viewing. Interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. I totally didn't remember that sermon. The eulogy I remember, not the sermon though. Yeah, yeah. They but, when they made this movie, um, they she didn't have a vagina. The doll doesn't have a vagina because they didn't want anything happening to Bianca on set. Oh, okay. yeah. The actual. Prop. Yes, the prop mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Boy, that kind of says something about rape culture that we live in. Right, you exactly. You can't even trust your crew not to rape like a doll. You know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> so, and there were there were how many how many dolls? Did Tw- they have? Twelve dolls. Because because you you asked you know and later on in the movie like is her face changing? Did she have that expression? And like you know it's like twelve it's twelve dolls that. Over the course, but I guess that doll you could move it and do things to make to make that work. Hmm. Um, I'd never. I, I don't know that I had noticed, you know, because you 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 aren't paying attention to Bianca. You're paying attention to everyone around Bianca, mm-hmm. you know. Um, or I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to Bianca. <laughs> oh, but um, I guess so. The direct or the writer, Miss Oliver, she said that she had like some weird job uh, where she was just dealing with like a bunch of like websites and lonely dudes. Uh, so that's maybe where she got that spark for the movie. Um, and she wrote, she like thought thought about it for years after that. Like it's a little niggling thing in the back of her mind. Sure. And then she wrote it like all in one one shot in like nine months. You know, years later. What a beautiful choice to go sweet. Because mm-hmm. you could definitely do something else. Yeah. In, in, in the hands of a different team, you know, director. And, mm-hmm. and if, if it was, um, I guess, would this be considered adapted? Or she's considered the, just the, it just said writer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other people could get in their studio notes and just really change the tone. Yeah. If, if, you know, she makes a first pass of the script. They don't go with it. She still gets the screenwriting credit, but then they have other people come in and redo the script. They can do whatever they want with mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this could go. And cause you were worried, you were worried uh, that Gus was going to do something, gonna do to, something the doll. to the doll at well, some point. And like, rape culture. Yeah. And I, I, I like, sorry, I've it, been programmed my whole life to uh-huh. be on the lookout for yep. it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, true. Yeah, I didn't know if they were going to have this moment where, 
um, where Gus was, you know, deciding he was going to put Bianca to bed, and, and the brother, now I'm forgetting everybody's names. Lars? Oh, wait, Lars was going to put Bianca, Bianca to bed. Gus says, I usually do that. And I was like, ooh, is what mm-hmm. does he do? What is he doing? But no, and then later he's doing like the dad rounds through the house and just checking in on everybody. Then he checks on, on her. So, cute. so it's adorable. So cute. I thought he was bringing her like a glass of water. I, I was like, oh, that's so yeah. sweet. I, th- I, th- I, th- so, I think he was. Yeah. So, so I mean, he, you go from the very beginning where he's like, she's not real to where he's like bringing her a glass of water to have on the bedside table mm-hmm. while she sleeps. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, Ryan Gosling, like after he was cast, said it was like more than just a role for him, you know, like it was like he just felt so connected to the script. Uh, because it was so respected and everybody loved it. Apparently, it, they have like a list of movies that are like just everybody's favorite that aren't produced. The black, the black. Made. It's called the blacklist. The blacklist. So each year has like a list of movies that everybody loves, but they weren't made right. And this one was like in the top five. You know. Okay. Of can you explain it more? I don't understand. What is the blacklist? The blacklist is like a set of scripts. Or projects that didn't get greenlit by a studio, oh, so it's like so so the, so they're it's like the, the, these are the, like the ten best scripts that are like kind of like would be looked to be, get picked up by somebody. Oh. So it's like sometimes they don't just don't get made or they don't find a home. Um, and this being on the blacklist is like a big deal because it gets you a lot of um, awareness and maybe you get picked up. Right. Okay. Right. And so he was. So this one was on that. Um, but he had a, like a certain level of fear. You were just talking about this, Amber, because whenever he'd mention it to people, there's always like a don't ruin it. Mm. Like, because you love it. You love that idea. You love that concept. But like, oh, I hope they don't ruin this, mm. you know? Um, so he's like got that feeling as well going into this project because it could very well change. You know, the movie changes a lot Absolutely. after you sign on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, do you have anything about the director? It's Craig Gillespie who directed one of our favorite movies, Cruella. Yay! <laughs> now two of our favorite movies. <laughs> now that Amber's seen it as well. <laughs> yes. Amazing. And totally, completely different than Cruella. So, so different. I mean, that's another demonstration of huge range. Mm-hmm. I like to see it. Well, and speaking of range, you didn't you didn't recognize Ryan Gosling. No, it, I had a really hard time throughout it reminding myself that this is who him. he was. Right. Yeah, it was so very different than the conception I have of him in what, my head. Which I think says so much about his acting abilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is our ride or die. Ryan Gosling. You made a comfort out of me. I'm, I'm yeah. in. I yeah. was neutral before. I'm not neutral yeah. anymore. Yeah, so getting into remixing the ingredients. I I mean, I'm sure somebody else could do the Lars role, but I have a hard time putting anybody else. This is one of those that it just, something inside of me is just like, no! <laughs> I get that. I get that. I mean, obviously, James McAvoy, I'd put him in it. Because <laughs> I just put him in everything. I don't care what he's playing. I just, he, he could do it. It's fine. But. The actor who plays Gus, like I really wanted him to get more roles. He's and in like a, he, he, he's in the first season of Parks and Rec, mm. uh, but then they the Family Stone. Oh, he's, he's in, oh yeah, he's, he's the family. He's, gr- he's great in the Family Stone. Yeah, um, you haven't seen the Family Stone? Oh my gosh, we're putting it on the list. <laughs> um, yeah, his performance was very nuanced, and 
again, I, you know, I kept waiting for several things like a bunch of toxic masculinity to come in or for there, somebody to just be, like you say, sort of the, the bad guy, the, the voice of, you know, this will never work and I've got to throw a monkey wrench in here and then we got to overcome this obstacle. No. I mean, it, it just took him a little while to warm, but he definitely warmed. And then, of course, you know, I'm in love with the what is it to be? How do you know that you're a man? Whole scene. Incredible. Just chef's kiss, and and talking about he, he how he he left Lars, you know when he you know yeah. to just be with his dad and kind of and blames himself for the way Lars is, and he's like, you know, we have this house, we inherited this house, and we got Lars living like the like in the garage, like the family dog. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot that he's going through mm-hmm. throughout their entire relationship. It's it you can tell from the very beginning that there's a lot to be desired there, that there's a lot of disconnect. Yeah. You know, and she's his wife is trying to bridge that. You said at the very beginning you think it's her brother. Yeah. Because she's the yeah. one making the effort. Mm-hmm. She's the one trying. His his brother is just like into the it, Yeah. Or, or, or jumping in front of his car at night. Like that seemed like a biological sibling <laughs> yeah. thing to me. Not, right. Not a brother or sister in law. Absolutely. And the brother's just like, he's fine. He's fine. But I mean, from his revelations on how he felt and how he feels mm-hmm. currently about leaving him, a lot of that's probably just to assuage his guilt. You know, yeah, like or just, just I'm just not gonna think about it. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely. fine. If he's fine, then that that means I didn't do anything wrong. Absolutely. But but now, but now your brother's in crisis, and you have to look at what mm-hmm. was your part in that, right? Well, and I think that's why he fought so hard about against it in the sure, very beginning. Denial. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because if if it's not happening, if this isn't real, then he doesn't. He again doesn't have anything to feel guilty about, which is mm-hmm. runs rampant. And in our society, particularly on the male side, you know. I I loved, um, you know, like the during the eulogy, the priest minister guy, don't know what his title is, um, <laughs> you know, was talking about Bianca being a teacher. And I think that that really was something that I, you know, we got to observe really early on, even in just the dialogue between Lars's brother and the co-workers and then, like, well, what is a delusion? And then they are just, like, discussing and learning about where they can connect with and understand and relate to and empathize with what Lars is going through. And um, and then everybody else. And, you know, one of the things that I also, when when uh, the church ladies and, and the hairstyling ladies and the mall ladies started, like, making dates for Bianca, I was like, that seems kind of exploitative. They're just taking advantage of her now because she can't say no. But... She was, she was a tool, you know, I was thinking about, like, this is amazing, you're normalizing, you're, you're normalizing this, you're increasing visibility, you're making it not be a shameful thing, you're taking it into various areas of the community to, to raise awareness about different ways to love and be accepting of those that uh, don't fit what media or your religion or your schools um call normal in the like square peg round hole situation so i didn't i I didn't even think about that i was thinking i was thinking more it's like we're getting lars we're giving him a little bit of exposure therapy away from his security blanket which Mm -hmm. is now bianca Mm -hmm. um and like also they're bringing her into yeah she's gonna work and then also i thought we were gonna play scrabble she's like did you check her schedule on the fridge like 
I shouldn't have to check a schedule to, you know, and, yeah, and kind he of turned into like a shitty boyfriend for a minute. He did. Well, and it was, it was a lot of training because yeah. you see at the very beginning, um, you know, he tells her that she looks pretty or something and then he goes to work mm-hmm. and he tells his coworker, yeah. like, you look really pretty today. Yeah. You know, I mean, not well, he didn't do it with any kind of, uh, finesse or anything, <laughs> but, but you can see that he is trying things out and mm-hmm. this is a place where he feels safe to try those things and then put them out in the world. And so they're taking that and going, well, these are also things that he needs to learn. Like what? She's just supposed to hang around at home and not have a life, you know, Yeah, (laughs) when she's on her way to the school board meeting because she's been elected to the (laughs) school board. And I, I think it says a lot about the community just from, I mean, she's completely silent. You know, how many voiceless people do we have in our community? Uh, you know, and they're, they're taking them in, they're, they're taking her in, they're putting her in these positions of power mm-hmm. and to where she can be, if she had a voice, she would have been heard. <laughs> and, and she gets the haircut. You know, oh, Lars would uh, never let her cut her hair. It's like, I'll do whatever she wants. And then they, they're, they, I well, love, they that, love that They love that from him mm-hmm. because it's just like, well, it's about what she wants. And they're just like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. How many men would be like that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You do you. You do you, Bianca. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love when the doctor, uh, because he says, like, sometimes she doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And she goes, really? You know, she's she's interested at that point Mm -hmm. because, you know, he's always telling her, you know, she said no or she doesn't know. Sometimes she doesn't say anything at all. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's projecting less onto her. Sure. Um, yeah. The doctor was just amazing. She's just such an incredible actress. It makes me want to go to therapy if... <laughs> if you could have <laughs> her. A therapist like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's like, I don't know, some kind of like mind magician. It's mm-hmm. very good. She's Love like, it. oh, she needs to rest after the treatment. Yeah. You want to you wanna keep me company? Yeah. You know? So and when he asks about, he's like, is this your husband? And she's like, yes, he died. Um, and he's like, do you, do you miss him? And she, or something like that. And she says like, something like, sometimes I'm so lonely it, and it's just, I don't remember the days of the week. I don't remember my name or the days of the week. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't say it. She hasn't infused it with a ton of emotion or anything. It's just strictly like, this is how it is. It's Mm -hmm. fact. You know, sometimes I'm so incredibly lonely and he takes that and you see him processing that, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, I'm really lonely. She's really, this is a thing Mm -hmm. that exists in the world. It doesn't make me an outsider in my own life, you know? Yeah. So I just loved her. I just loved her. (laughs) But I couldn't, so I did not really put much thought into who else could have played these roles because it's just such a almost perfect movie. Although, like you said, Amber, why did he have to kill her off? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know me. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm yeah. looking at these like, misogynist tropes in movies. Even the sweetest movie, you know, that, um, you know, that uh, Lars's character couldn't learn how to just, like, in a healthy way, part ways, let Bianca go off and have some kind of existence on her own in a full life. Like, okay, this season of us being together is over. Time to move on. He had to give her a terminal illness and kill her. But, you know, when they, when even we started seeing the little ripples in their relationship because, you know, he's starting to get interested in a different type of girl 
And so he starts blowing up the relationship by, like, having these imaginary fights with Bianca. And I'm like, oh, been there. (laughs) 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 I don't know if a lot of people go ahead and own up to the imaginary fights that we will pick with someone when we're kind of done with the relationship. But we don't want to just say we're done with the relationship. So, um, yeah, I I did not love that. Um, it does seem to be an incredibly white and middle class movie. Also, not a lot of uh, diversity in the way people are living money-wise. Not a lot of body diversity. Um, or there were two black people. Two I think black two people, people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I did not. I mean, maybe there were a few Hispanic people. Maybe. Oh, yeah. You know? Maybe. maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. They spoke Spanish. They were, yeah, the, the brother's co-worker. Mm-hmm. Um, co-workers. But it's just, yeah, very white very, mm-hmm. very bland. You know? Yeah, and then when you just were talking about Bianca being elected to the school board, you know, these voiceless people, I was like, hmm, she's a beautiful white woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> and with, with zero credentials, just <laughs> catapulted up to the top. Interesting. <laughs> so true. <laughs> However, if I, if I don't worry about, you know, you know Those implications. The patriarchy and capitalism <laughs> and fat phobia and white supremacy, and I don't worry about any of that. Then, um, then it was perfect and beautiful. <laughs> it, it was so feel good. It was just a love fest, um, and it made me want to be more compassionate um, and intolerant and open minded about what other people are experiencing because something that I have to constantly remind myself is everybody is doing their best. And no matter what kind of decisions they are making that seem absolutely wild to me, they are making the most rational decision they can with the tools they have, mm-hmm. and they are operating in their reality, which is hard for me to understand their reality might be different than mine. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I am the one with the, with the questionable perception on what is going on. So, um, yeah, patience and tolerance is the goal, but I'm not there perfectly. <laughs> Nor are we all. <laughs> but you're so much further along than I feel like I am, no. for sure. I'm just like, I need more amber in my life. <laughs> more veggies and cheese. More veggies and cheese. <laughs> that is basically my 2022 so far. You know, I mean, cheese never went away, but I'm like injecting more veggies. Good. So today was perfect in every way. <laughs> I love, uh, I did want to talk about before we move on. Um, the baby blanket, you know, so his mother dies when he is born. you learn that throughout the movie and you see, he's kind of wearing it as a scarf or as a, you know, just kind of like all these things it's throughout the movie until about the middle that it kind of starts to disappear. You don't really notice it because it's just so present, but, uh, you know, it's more of a secure, what I took from that was, you know, he's, he just has it with him all the time. He takes it to work. Mm -hmm. He wraps it around himself at home. Um, He gives it to his sister-in-law to take care of her, you know, like that was a huge deal. Um, You know, because it's so cold outside, like take this with you, you know, Mm -hmm. like protect yourself. And that, because all of this started when she gets pregnant, you know, and he's, all of that's connected with that trauma from when he was a baby. Uh, but then you see it's not so much on him, it's on Bianca. So mm-hmm. he's extending that protection that it's imbued with mm-hmm. to other people. Um, and then it kind of just goes away, you know, like you mm-hmm. don't really notice. It. It's like, where, where is the baby blanket? You know, mm-hmm. where is that? Um, and then another thing uh, throughout the movie 
was the color pink. Yes. You know, so they put Bianca in the pink room, you know, before they even know who she is or anything. And he's just like, oh, the pink room? You're going, she's going to the pink room. She's going to be so excited because that was his mother's room. And obviously pink was a huge color with her. You see him start to wear more pink Mm -hmm. towards the end. At the beginning, it's more neutral colors, more grays, browns, kind of drab colors. Um, And like you were saying, Amber, while we were watching it, you were like, is that his mom's like long underwear? You know, because like so-and-so had this. Whenever, you know, it was from the 60s or something. Absolutely. I have some of my mom's vintage long underwear. It looks almost exactly like that. It has cute little flowers on it Mm -hmm. and everything. And I was like, dude, the timeline works out for that Mm -hmm. to be his mother's. My mom's underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But I just loved that. And then when they're going bowling, he picks the pink ball, Mm -hmm. you know, which I just, I love that about his Mm -hmm. character, about Lars, that he is just so unconcerned with what other people think. Like, that is that never even crossed his radar. I mean, he is concerned about it, but he doesn't he doesn't understand why a man wouldn't choose a pink ball and that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, it's a perfectly you good know? color. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Anyway. So those were the two main things as far as the props and the color, you know, choices and everything through the movie that really jumped out to me. Do we know anything about the time... When this is supposed to be Puppy Jackets makes me think 80s, but the dad died in 2003, according to the tombstone, mm-hmm. and there are cell phones. I think it's 2007 when the movie came out. Cause okay. it, yeah, because they're like, yeah, the, cell, the yeah. cell phones are a big giveaway right there. Like, I don't live anywhere cold and never have, so I just, t- you know, <laughs> Puppy Jackets are locked in a specific <laughs> time period. I don't know if people are still wearing them or what, but... Well, and this is also, like, a very small, mm-hmm. small town, you know, up north, so you could ostensibly think that... Well, maybe the fashion took a long time to get sure. there. It's also not a wealthy area, mm-hmm. so there it's more on practicality and rather than fashion. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> mm. It kind of had almost a timeless quality though to it, in that there weren't a lot of things that are gonna lock it in where you're like, that's so two thousand seven. I don't even know what two thousand seven was like specifically, but this was fine. You know, there is internet, there is cell phones. Right. There you know, other you than that we're Right. Could be right now. You know that there are cell phones, but you don't really see them. So you can't gauge based on the size. Mm -hmm. The only thing that really dates it for me is the computer that his brother's using, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's one of those boxy like desktop monitors, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like that industrial beige um, and ask.com, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but that's really it. And and the coworker says, yeah, I was, I would get one, but I just spent all my money on an Xbox. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but there really is very little to date it other than that. It's nice. It's smart. It's, smart it's enjoyable. Movie. Yes. Because <laughs> you're not locked onto that. Mm-hmm. Not locked in. Did the director or cinematographer or anybody have special, especially interesting things to say about production or putting their touch and stuff? There's very it? little on this movie. Like a lot of, a lot of, most of the movies we do you can find so many articles on everything about these movies. And, like, this movie, like, was very... There's not a whole lot written about it. Hmm. Interesting, because it was on that list of precious, precious screenplays for so long. Mm-hmm. And then people made it, and they were just like, okay, it's good. We're not going to talk about it now. Right. Hmm. I just think it's one of those... Uh, 
those sleeper hits, you know, from later. Maybe we'll see more articles come out. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it now. Some resurgence like yeah. oh yeah, the podcast. Exactly. Just the Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> we just yeah. <laughs> Mac and cheese was what it really turned around. Yeah. Now they can spike it. <laughs> um, we can ask Ryan Gosling about it when he's on the show yeah, next year. Exactly. Of the, the one year anniversary of this episode. Yes. yes. He's gonna be so glad to, to be on. I know, I know. We just have to keep fending off his calls. Uh, <laughs> This was uh, such a delight. I'm so glad that you brought this movie to me, which came up when we were doing Cruella, and you shared that the director did this movie, and then we discovered I hadn't seen it, and then, oh, we have to fix this as soon as possible. So, And I feel like we've already discussed potential potential following we've movies. We've, yeah. got, we've got, you know... The Family Stone, that's one that we just spoke of just a minute ago. And that's Dummy. one of my favorites. Oh, Dummy. Oh, yes. The Adrian Brody. And I've never yeah. seen that. You'll get Ooh, to I introduce it to us. Ah! <laughs> I'm just so excited. Thank you so much, Amber, for being on. It is always, always a pleasure. So you bring fun. so much to it. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like a smarter person when Amber's around. <laughs> Y'all make this easy. I hate public speaking. I'm terrified of microphones, but y'all make me comfortable. It's so. <laughs> our superpower. Good at it. <laughs> and for everyone else out there, if you'd like to hear more of our episodes, you can find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Show notes and more are available on our website, Mac and Cheese Movies. We'll also maybe throw that recipe for those almost real wings <laughs> uh, up there. And... Uh, those are nice, huh? And they're not real. So they'll last forever. Mac and cheese out. <laughs>